It is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Rob, along for a rare journey. And for that, we are greatly appreciative. This is our final show of the season without baseball. It starts this weekend, full bore in Florida and Arizona. Are you as pumped as I am? I'm very excited. Okay. We've been getting, I always love spring training videos. Everyone's so happy and optimistic. We've been getting the live at bat videos. I think we're going to mm. talk about one in particular in Philly's camp. Uh, but everyone's using the pitch clock. The, the, the hitters are getting used to it. The pitchers are getting used to it. And finally, we're going to get to see it in some games. So, yes, C. Rosie, I'm very excited. Well, let's get this thing started with a guy who won't be throwing live BP anytime soon, and that is Lance McCullers. In fact, he said, I'm not going to be ready for opening day. Suffered a muscle strain in his pitching arm. The good news is an MRI came back clean. There is no structural damage. But after losing Cy Young Award winner Justin Verlander in the offseason and now this, how concerned should the champs be with an improved AL West and their stranglehold on that division? I mean, I don't think they should be too concerned because as good as their pitching staff is, and we talk about their rotational depth and the talent they have in there all the time, like that's just one aspect of this team. They can play defense. They surely can hit. Their bullpen is excellent. So like they have all the pieces. Now, even without Lance McCullers Jr., which he'll, he will be there this year, JV is not going to be there, obviously. We got Hunter Brown coming up. He's one of the more polished prospects, uh, pitching prospects in the game. So as much as you want to have five deep with Hunter waiting in the wings to take over one of those spots or kind of supplement, now you just have him, I think you're going to be just fine. So like I said, this team is not just reliant on one aspect of the game. They're excellent in pretty much all aspects of the game. So I understand the Mariners are coming. I understand the Angels are improved. I understand the Rangers have done a lot of stuff lately, but this is still the Astros division. I, I would agree that it's the Astros division, but man, their margin of error has slidden a ton, right? Um, here's the deal. If one other guy comes up with something, who's next in line? Is it Forrest Whitley? Like I've been, we've been waiting for him for years. What was he a 2016 first round pick? And he still hasn't made his debut in the show. He's had injuries. He had that suspension he had to deal with, but I mean, according to everything I've been reading says that he's, he would get a shot. They've got some other guys that can help them out for spot starts here and there. But if there's any length that, because you can't plan going through a whole year with just five starters or heck even sure. six. Most good teams are going to dip into that reservoir at some point. And I look at Seattle, the strength of their team is that starting rotation. Texas has obviously improved in leaps and bounds. And people could say, well, I need to see Jacob DeGrom throw more than 17 starts. And I'm with you. If he does, it's going to be interesting. And we do think that the angels are going to be better. So, I'm not going to say the Astros have their work cut out for them, but at least I'm interested this year in that division. I mean, I'm interested, but those teams you mentioned, they don't have seven starters deep either. Like that's just doesn't happen. Like the Astros had that and that was a rarity. So like, yeah, Lance McCullers came up a little bit lame. He's not going to be ready for opening day, but that has not changed my outlook on the AL West whatsoever. I think it's the Astros and then the Mariners and then the rest of the division. So I, yes. I, I'm not, I'm not buying it that they're like, losing grip on this division at all in fact i think they're they're tightening it over the over the last few years i mean that thing is theirs until i guess until the mariners prove it's not right 
Well, I suppose part of me uh, is, is that I'm wishing for it. Not that I have any ill yeah. will toward the Astros or anything. I just want I want to see good competition. I'd love to see it go down to a, a, a final week. And a couple of years ago, yeah, the Astros, it, it did take them a little bit longer than normal for them to kind of wrap things up. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Um, you mentioned this at the top of the show. One interesting live BP at bat. Kyle Schwarber going against a Phillies teenage sensation, Andrew Painter. I believe Painter got him earlier on a strikeout. And then later on, Schwarber hit one more than a country mile. He almost hit it onto a highway in Clearwater. You could almost see Painter with the huge smirk on his face. Uh, before I ask the question, like this kid has a legitimate shot at filling out the back end of their rotation. This is good for him, right? I think so. Look, he hung that thing, dude. Like he's got to understand you hang that thing in the show. That's where it's going to go, especially in that dang division. So, yeah, I mean, this is good. This is just friendly banter. You see Schwarber kind of riding the horse at the end there. That's all. That's all in good fun right there. That's good. I love it. And by the way, Schwarber came out and he could not have enough glowing remarks about this kid. He said, sure, I can't believe yeah. he's a teenager. Well, <laughs> that's what you do have to take him. someone deep. Yeah. <laughs> So which youngster are you most looking forward to getting a full-ish season with the big club? That means they don't necessarily have to break camp with them, but we'll see them for at least four months, let's say. Well, this is kind of, uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing this guy full season. I'm going with Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks because I've been poking around mm -hmm. to my friends around uh, the teams. I always ask at this point in the season during spring training, like, tell me someone I need to like know about. Uh, we know about Corbin Carroll. He's, I think he's the consensus top prospect in the game, even though he's been in the big leagues already. I asked Evan Longoria. I straight up said, "Is Corbin Carroll a guy guy? You know, that's my that's my litmus test. Are you a guy guy? Or are you a guy?" He said, "Yes, freakish pop and fastest guy in the game." And we started talking a little bit more about him. But Evan Longoria does not give out those compliments unless he means it. That's the kind of guy he is. So I'm very excited to see him. Uh, we've seen the speed. I want I want to see some of this pop. Like, is this guy like a easy 2020 guy? Is he going to push 30-30? Who knows? But I want to see him through a full season. I think it's going to be – I'm getting excited, Chris. You're getting excited for this AOS. Great. I'm getting excited for some of these NOS teams at the bottom. The Diamondbacks, are they resurfacing? They got a lot of prospects coming up this year. Go, go snakes. Okay, well, don't put words in my mouth. I, I didn't say I was super excited. I said I want to be excited. Okay. There's a difference about them. And, yes, the Diamondbacks have a lot of guys on that top 100 list and a yes. bunch of them that we're going to end up seeing this year. So even though the Diamondbacks fans know that they probably aren't competing with the Dodgers, the Padres, and we'll see what the Giants turn into this year, They've got to feel like they're in the right direction, at least. they got a good manager there in Torrey Lovello. So, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a that's a great look. Here's the reason I'm wearing the Baltimore Orioles cap. Grayson Rodriguez is a name that we've heard about. We thought maybe last year we were going to have a shot at seeing him later in the season, but he ended up coming up with a lat injury, made less than 20 starts, so that delayed uh, you know, him bursting on the scene until this year. I got to tell you, if he doesn't break camp with this team, I don't know exactly what they're doing because I was yelling at the Orioles in the offseason. I was like, build on the momentum that we saw in 2022. Go get Carlos Rodon. Go get somebody that can be more than an innings eater. Like, we like Kyle Gibson a lot. The trade for Cole Irvin might work out for him okay, but go get a stud. Like, 
you've got all these young guys that have done some nice things in the lineup and the bullpen seemingly came together and heck, even the rotation, which was made up of a bunch of no names going into last year, did enough to, to keep them interesting for five and a half months. They didn't. And I think this guy is the biggest reason why, because they keep saying, we've got a dude that we're not going to have to pay $180 million to, <laughs> you know, here he is. And he looks like a stud. He looks every bit of studliness. So I want to see if it's right. I like that. Around the league, we're seeing some of these teams who kind of have been at the bottom of the barrel start to, you know, rise a little bit. Now, we know the Orioles did what they did last year, um, and we're looking forward to them, like you said, continuing into this year. But it's kind of like spread throughout the league. It's going to be – there's a lot of young guys coming up that I think we really need to pay attention to this year, and he's obviously one of them. Yeah. Here's the caveat. Like a lot of young pitchers, he hasn't thrown a ton of innings, right? Mm-hmm. The most he's thrown in a year is 103. So if he does start the year with the team, we're going to be on an innings limit. We want to make sure that we don't, you know, we're going to wrap him in bubble wrap. Like, I don't quite understand that. And I'm going to have to have a discussion one day, maybe on the Rose rotation with with a talent developer or something like that. Why? when they, This guy's not 5'11", 180 pounds. He's a big strapping dude. Why can't we just let him go? Yeah, I don't think there's like really any science behind that either, like the innings limit and the pitch counts. I mean, nothing that I've seen. I understand that you want to make sure these guys are getting the proper rest, um, but you're right, C. Rosie. I mean, eventually you got to build the guy up. Everyone wants guys that can throw right. 180 to 200 innings. Like eventually you have to do it. Now, I'd assume, I'd assume that they already have a number in their mind, whether it's 130 innings this year, whether it's 150 innings mm-hmm. this year. They have something in their mind and they want to – and they want to get to that. The problem with that is, because think about this. Say the Orioles shock the world again. Because, I mean, look, we think they're going to be close. But let's say they're in contention for the wild card at the end. Mm-hmm. In September, here he is, and he's balling out. And all of a sudden, he's at 125 innings, and you got a whole month left to go. What are you going to do? What are you going to tell that kid who's proved himself in the big leagues, who's like, I feel fucking great? You're going to say, no, 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 just sit down. Because what? I'm not old enough? Fuck that. I'm a professional. Put me on the hill, dude. Hey, don't you remember? This is what happened with Strasburg. And Scott Boris was right in the middle of it because he was like, well, we have a plan. Like how not only what it means for the kid, because I felt terribly for Strasburg at the time. But what are you telling the rest of the clubhouse? Like there are grown ass men who might not ever get a shot at making the playoffs, making a World Series run. And they're sitting here. Well, because you're protecting some kid's future. I've been busting my balls all year. Like, you're right about that. And it's not fair. And I don't know what the science is. So perhaps we are speaking a little bit out of turn here. But I haven't heard anything. These kids are better conditioned. They're nutrition filled. They're working on their arms more than they ever have before. We've made it this far in the game. Played it 130 years. Somehow we've done. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, I think I think uh, a lot of it is is we are working harder as a as a group of pitchers here now to increase velocity, and it's not a mm-hmm. natural arm motion. So, like, there is more stress on these arms than ever before. But I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't we'll know we'll see what happens. I hope it doesn't come down to that. 
Today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by our friends over at SeatGeek. If you don't know what it is, it is a ticketing app that you download right on your good old phone, and it makes buying tickets super, super simple. I have used it several times, even in the last year. And with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app out there. So you want to go get your uh, your favorite baseball team? You want to get tickets? Remember, this year... It's a brand new schedule, so you're going to be seeing players come to your ballpark that maybe have never been uh, out at your favorite ballpark. So go get your baseball tickets today. You can go get them for the NBA, regular season, playoffs, NHL, concerts, festivals, whatever. There's more than 70,000 events every single day available on SeatGeek. Here's what I love about it. They want to help you, okay? They want to help you get the best seat possible. So look for the green dot on the app. Green is good. Red is bad. Repeat with me together. Green, green good. is good. Red, red bad. bad. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Ploof. I appreciate it, even though you're a little bit behind the time. And every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So we've got a great hookup for you because we want to save money. You're going to use the code word today for 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off your first purchase. The promo code is today. Click the link in the description to download the app today. Who knows? Maybe Ploofy and I will see you at a game in the near future. We continue on with uh, Mark Topkin, a fine writer, uh, covers the Rays there for the Tampa Bay Times. He did a column on the Rays rotation. Those guys down there... They feel like they've got one of the best ones in baseball. Uh, where do the Rays starters rank going into the season? Now, this is fun because as you were frolicking on those nude beaches of St. Lucia and Jerry Blevins was here, we talked about this, C. Rose. We talked about the Rays oh. rotation and how for for once, you know, it seems like it's been quite a while for them. They have like a legitimate, like real five-man rotation with guys they can kind of eat up some innings, go deeper into ball games. It's not necessarily going to be like four or five innings and get out. So we were talking about that. I think Jerry and I both had the Rays top five in baseball. I don't think there's really any question of that. So, you know, where do you rank them? I'm not sure. I think I'll give them probably like three or four. I'd rank the Astros mm-hmm. still above this, this group. I, and, and in fact, we, when we taped this, it was before the Lance McCullers injury. I had the Astros as my best rotation in baseball. I think Jerry went with the Mets. Um, and those are two great options there. Wow. I think the Yankees have to be mentioned in there, even with Montas going down, because they have some absolute studs there, especially with Rodon in the mix now. Um, so to answer your question, they're top five. I'll put them at four, um, but with the potential to go even higher. I think if Glassnow comes back and looks great and he can – and he can throw close to that. Like, I don't think he's really done like 150 innings yet, but if he can like get somewhere no. close to that, I think we're looking at a top three rotation in baseball. So, yeah, it's interesting. You look at them and talent wise, I think you could say that they're one or two, to be honest with yeah. you. The thing is, is that the, the question marks around them are can Glass now give them 175 innings? Can McClanahan avoid kind of – he had a little bit of a stumble in the second half. He had a little bit of a health issue. Is Springs the real deal? You know, like we've seen him do it, but 
because they haven't done it for years like guys in the Mets rotation or guys in the Yankees rotation or even the Astros rotation, I'm hesitant to put them any higher than four uh, because those are the three I would put ahead of them. I think I would actually – I'd put the Yankees at one. I think the way that Rodon has pitched the last two years, his addition, and I think Sevy's going to be phenomenal too. And then Nestor and whomever you put at five, you put at five. At this point, I don't really even care. Um, but I think the Rays could potentially move up. I do think that they're perhaps the most talented one. I will say this. They're the best one that money can buy because you've got (laughs) glass now, Eflin and Springs. They're combined to make less than $20 million. The other two guys are pre-arb pre-arb. So that entire starting five is going to make less than Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, uh, Justin Verlander. Carlos Rodon probably this year. Like all of those guys in big time rotations, the entire rotation will make less than them. It's an interesting stat. I'm not going to applaud the Rays for having a cheap rotation that's good. I'm not going to do that. Okay. But I, I like that what they have. I like that they decided that we can't just do this five and dive thing. We just, we need something more than that. Whether that was by yes. design or like shit, Springs comes over and we found the gem. Uh, Rasmussen comes over. We found the gem. Like, I, I think it's more of that. I don't think this was like, hey, dude, we need to really get into a traditional rotation. The Rays don't think that way, but they have one now. And uh, I'm with you, Matt. Top five in baseball, where you slot them, I think it's up up, up in the air. If Hunter Brown comes, we'll go back to the Astros, who's my team right now. If Hunter Brown comes up and pitches like he did in September, that's the best rotation in baseball. I don't think it's even close. Hmm. Not even close. It's so deep. It's so deep. It is deep. But nobody's going, hey, I've got to I've got to have Garcia and Urquidy. They almost feel like they're they're extra that, pieces. That's what that's, that's the weird. thing. I think you put them on different teams, you you would talk differently about these guys. Probably. Okay, that's fair. Uh MLB Network continued its top 100 countdown last night by revealing players 20 through 11. Uh, I'll just real quickly read the names, starting at 20 and going all the way down to 11. Uh Austin Riley, Devers. Vlad, Bryce Harper with 17, J-Rod 16, then Scherzer and Verlander and Sandy all back-to-back-to-back, 15 through 13. Juan Soto was 12 and Trey Turner 11. Which one of those guys has the best shot at winning a major award this season? Well, they all do. I mean, this is that's a hell of a line of players right there. I was tempted to go with like Harper or Trey Turner because I think that uh, Philly's offense has a real chance to be like elite uh then that you know you get those counting numbers because of that but i'm gonna go julio rodriguez he played in 132 games last year 28 homers 25 stolen bases i think he gets the 30 30 this year shit he might even push 40 40 i think he has a good chance to be up there in the mvp discussion i mean he was uh, mvp seven last year he won the rookie of the year give this guy a full run at it give him 600 plate appearances or more uh and I think we're going to see some numbers and some really, I think we're going to see like these stretches from Julio this year that are just like incredible that we, that we sit back and say, this is truly one of the better players in all of baseball. Uh, and I think we're going to get a couple different types of those or different couple different times throughout the season. So when we look back at the end of this year, I think his stats are going to overwhelm us and he'll be in that like MVP discussion. So I, I let you have J rod on that one. I go, who's Ploof going to take? And that's fine. Um, first of all, we do have three Cy Young Award winners in this list yes. of 20 through 11. 
in Sandy, JV, and Max, and you have two MVPs in Verlander and Harper. It's already an amazing group here. Uh, but when I look at being an award winner, particularly an MVP, not so much a Cy Young, but I would say an MVP, I think you have to do something. There's a little bit of LeBron syndrome. When a guy wins an MVP, you have to make a monumental leap from where you were to what you are. And your team has to do really well, in my opinion, for the most part in baseball. It's not always, you know, Mike Trout got it a few years when the Angels sucked. So that I understand. I think that Raphael Devers could have a shot at this. I really do. Now, last year, he missed 20 games. He was befuddled by some injuries there in the month of August where he had barely a 500 OPS. So he had one month that was dog shit. And his numbers were still really good. He still hit almost 30 bombs, I believe a high 800 OPS. But this is a guy that if he's right, if he's physically okay, and he's going to get a few days off at third base, they can put Justin Turner over there. And if he could play 155 games, with, in my opinion, there's a little more depth to this lineup this year. And here's the extra caveat. The Red Sox have got to be in wildcard contention. They can't win 78 games. That's not going to work here. There's going to be too many good players. But if they get to 87, 88 wins, I know it's a big leap. And Raphael Devers is the guy that's pulling the train, not just riding on it, but pulling it. Then he could have a real shot. I don't mind it. Like I said, any one of these guys can just go off and, and win an MVP or a Cy Young. Some of them already have. Uh, Dever seems to me like, look, you get that money. Like it's either going to go one or two ways. It's going to motivate you to bring that team to the promised land, or you get a little complacent. I hope it's not that way. I don't think it'll be that way. Cause typically you really try to do your due diligence on who you give those massive deals to. Um, but with that comfortability, maybe he just goes off and finds that extra gear this year. So I like it. See Rosie. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's a little unfair in the sense of like, you haven't heard that at all about Devers. No, I, mean, I, I haven't. I'm just saying, like, I mean, but you give a guy that type of money and that type of security, it's it changes things because you I again, this is not Dever specifically. I'm just saying in general, you get a guy yes. and you're working towards a payday. You're working towards a World Series and, and all those things, but you're working towards a payday. Like you know you gotta go. And now he's like, I don't he doesn't have to do anything for the rest of his career and he gets that money. It it takes a little bit of a chip. Off of your shoulder. It does, man. For some guys. Some guys use it hey. as extra motivation. Hey, I want to be that guy in this city for this team for the foreseeable future. And it gets him on an on a extra gear. So, like, it, it could go one of two ways. That's all I'm saying. I'm not John saying Boy anything specific you, to. John Boy gave you all that dough. You still work your ass off. You're I'm not complacent. Chris. I'm different. You built different. Yeah. Devers, look. Well, here's... I think Devers is going to hit that next gear, bro. Don't put words in my mouth. Okay. okay. Jeez. Um, all right. Last thing. And what a great story this is. Kid making his Mississippi State debut. Gerangelo Sanja. Not your average freshman. 5'11", 170. Throws over 92 from both sides. Right-handed, left-handed. I think he hit 96 or 97 on one side and like 92 on the other. Four shutout innings in his college debut. One hit allowed seven Ks. Does he have a chance to be the most interesting pitcher 
in baseball, and I'm talking about college and the big leagues. I do want to correct you real quick. I don't think that was his debut. I think he got into a game before that. This is a very so you know, first prominent start. show. Yeah. So yes, doesn't really matter. Uh, I think I'm interested in this. Okay. It's a little, it's a little strange for me to kind of like wrap my head around it. Uh, but definitely like, it's so impressive that I think that's, I think that's, what's got me here. It's like, have you ever tried to throw with the opposite hand? I mean, you look well, like an absolute fool. Well, I throw the ball so poorly that some people think that I'm left-handed. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> maybe you should try. Maybe you should try. You'll be like the rookie all over again. We'll get you in the big leagues. You know, maybe you were left-handed this whole time, Chris. Um, yeah. it, I can't really wrap my head around this because like, if I try to throw the ball lefty, I'll just look absolutely ridiculous. Um, my question is, is he going to just do lefty, lefty, righty, righty? Or is there like some analytics involved and say a guy has reverse splits and like, hey, you know what? You're a righty, but I'm going to go lefty to you because you don't hit this this God. pitch particularly well. Like there's a lot of ways you can match up. And then like, how sore does this guy get? Because when I throw like my right hip and my butt, I can't, I mean, you can't even sit. You're an old man. Stone, both are, I mean, dude. It's very hey. yes. To answer your question, I think he does have the case to be the most interesting pitcher in baseball right now because the more and more I think about this dude, it's it's so impressive. It's so freaking impressive. I I know we have one uh one second. I'll let you get your point across. Uh, Joe Varvra, who was a longtime coach with the Twins, he's with the mm-hmm. Tigers. Taron Varvra is his son. How about that? The Baltimore Orioles. He's wearing his hat right now. Um, he was ambidextrous and he threw bo- he threw BP from both sides. And my first year in pro ball, he challenged everyone to learn how to do that. He said, you know, it's good for your recovery. You know, you want to work your other side of your body just as much as the, the other side. So a bunch of guys tried to do it. And then you gave up like two days later. Cause you're like, this is silly, dude. I'm wasting my time. Like I'm in pro ball. Don't, <laughs> what am I doing right now? But seeing this guy do that with that type of velocity and the ability to throw all those different pitches, it's very, very impressive. Uh, there's only a couple of guys I can remember doing it at the major league level. It was either, I think forget if it was Gene Harris or Greg Harris. I think it was Greg uh, who did that. And then Pat Venditti, neither yeah. of them could match this kid's velocity. No, yeah, the I love his different. glove. His glove is insane. You're taking all the fun out of it for me for talking about reverse splits. I just want to see the kid <laughs> throw. So I, wherever he is, I am going to find him other than, Shohei throwing and a couple other guys, he's going to be right up there with those. Dudes. For me, he's going to be appointment viewing. So if I can find him on a streaming service or if he's playing on ESPN, the Ocho or whatever it is, I will find this kid and watch him do his thing. I think it's freaking awesome. Uh, Brady did ask an interesting question. He goes, Dad, could he pitch both ends of a doubleheader? Could he go righty first game and lefty the next? I was like, Maybe. come on, dude. I, I don't know. How does that work with your body? I have no idea. How about uh, this? You know who's going you know to draft this guy, right? One team that you think would draft this guy? The Rays? Yes, the Rays, dude. You know what they're thinking? Hmm, one pitcher that's actually two pitchers. We only have to pay him the league minimum, and then we could – oh, man, they're spinning over there right now. All right, uh, the world continues. Uh, You guys had a nice WBC preview on Talking Baseball yesterday. Quick reminder that I have Team USA manager Mark DeRosa. Please go listen to that for Rose Rotation, not just because I'm begging for you to listen to it. I appreciate it. He's great on so many levels. 
Um, and then you got the TPPs continuing. I'm starting to catch up on those. Uh, I got through yes, the sir. A's, the Reds, the Pirates, the Royals. Uh, I'm probably going to do the Nationals next. So those are great um, little chewable sizes for, you know, just to get you ready for the 2023 season. I am recording an interview with Joe Kelly today, noted author Joe Kelly. No joke. He has a book out, and it is very good. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't put it down. It was very good. And next week, we will be recording an interview with Trey Turner. So a what? lot going on with the Rose rotation. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Dude. Yep. Can't wait. Yeah. I Sometimes I ask you this, but just tell him for me that he's my favorite player in baseball. Oh. He can okay, do that. So I just want to relay that that message. Before he was with the Phillies and all this stuff, even when he was with the Nationals, he's my favorite player to watch. Awesome. We will see you next Tuesday. I think we're going to early it up. Just check out our social media channels. I think we're going to go at 10 o'clock Eastern that day, travel day for me. Um, but that'll do it for now. For Trevor Plue and our one-of-a-kind producer, Robbie Scirocco, I am Chris Rose. We'll see you next time here on Baseball Today.